This is just my little contribution to this planet. I just want people in my space, at least in my presence, you can say anything to me and my commit. I will never judge you. I'm not sitting there being like, you should do this. You should do that. Ooh, like, no, because I know the power of just letting somebody say it so they can release it and they can get back to the truth of who they are. Right. But we keep all this pain inside and we're just walking pain bodies. And I want people in my presence to release their pain. I don't want you to feel pain in my presence. And the way that I cultivate that is by, you can tell me anything. You can tell me anything. You're listening to the Move to Millions podcast with Dr. Darnielle J. Harmon. If you're ready for high-level conversations that position and prepare you to move your company, cash flow and connection to and beyond the million-dollar mark, let's get this party started. This episode is powered by Move to Millions Live. Y'all, we are in the final days preparing for this amazing live event experience. This is not a conference. This is a call to your first or next million. You can still join us, but you better hurry. Move to millionsevent.com. I have a treat for you today. I sat down with the Vasavi Kumar. This is her second time on the podcast. And we had an amazing conversation about her brand new book, Say It Out Loud, which is due out this week. Okay. I need y'all to stop what you are doing or while you're listening and go grab this book. This book is a game changer. It is truly a fresh and disruptive book. It will help you to self-learn how to talk to yourself better, how to position yourself to be seen and heard by yourself first so that you can courageously pursue your dreams. I am enjoying the advanced copy that I had Amazing. Let me take a quick moment and read Vasavi's bio. Vasavi Kumar is often described as the queen of saying it out loud. A first-generation Indian immigrant raised on Long Island, New York, Vasavi has relentlessly searched to find her own voice, access the freedom of her creative spirit, and help others along the way out loud. When she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder at the age of 19, she made it her life's purpose to understand how her mind works, starting with making room to hear herself think. Her mission is to share everything, the good, bad, and ugly, in order to teach a more mindful, practical, and simple way of running every aspect of your life. Listen, y'all, this conversation was so rich. You will be able to eat off of it for years and years to come. Let's jump into my conversation with Vasavi Kumar. Vasavi, welcome back to the Moved to Millions podcast. How are you today? I am fantastic now that I'm here talking to you. How are you? Girl, listen, I am so excited about this conversation that we are about to have. Like, I mean, I just love you. And what you know what I love about you? I love your commitment to self-expression, even though I know it wasn't always that way. And partially because I've been reading your new book, say it out loud. Listen, y'all. She didn't ask me to say this, but I'm telling you right now, you need to go wherever you buy books and get you a copy, period, point blank, especially if you have struggled with allowing your voice to emerge amongst all the voices. That is what I'm telling you that I want you to do. All right, Vasavi, let's get into it. So in case people didn't listen to your last episode, take just a quick moment, tell everybody who you are in your own words. Yes, who I am in my own words. My name is Vasavi. Here are the things that I 
think you maybe need to know about me. I'm a first generation Indian immigrant. I'm a licensed therapist in the state of Texas. I've been a coach for the past 11 years. On the personal front, I've lived with bipolar disorder for 21 years. And I share that openly because it's something that I've lived with with a lot of shame and like not. And I've also been in denial about it myself, but it really does just inform a lot of who I am mentally, you know. And my commitment is to spread the message about the importance of mental health and realize that just because somebody may look very high functioning and seem like they have it all together, so many of us are suffering in silence. And I know that I was one of those people. And so this is who I am today. I'm someone who speaks from conviction. I speak from many mistakes, (laughs) what I wish I would have known. And I will continue to do that because I know the impact of what happens when we allow ourselves to suffer in silence and just allow our minds to attack us. I always say, I don't think I'm better than anyone. I actually think I'm worse than you, you know, (laughs) because my mind has gone to some pretty dark places, just the way I'm wired. And so I'm really just here to give people strength, courage, and hope that if I can do it amidst my addiction and recovery and divorce and having to rebuild myself over and over again, if I can do it, so can you. And so that's why I say it out loud. Wow. That is so good, Vasvi. So what I love about it is, I mean, you clearly have done your work. I mean, not just as a therapist, right, for other people, but you are getting your own mental health support to have the level of seamless emotion that flows through your truth is so beautiful to watch. Because as you said, so many of us suffer in silence and allow our minds to attack us. I felt that like I can recall times in my own journey when I have not said it out loud, when I have not been honest with myself and I gave probably unconsciously gave other people permission to treat me a specific way because I was unwilling to speak my truth. So where did the awareness like where did this come from? How did you become the woman who does a body of work on giving people permission to to allow their voice to bring their dreams into view? Like, walk us through that journey. Can I just first say that I love your words and I love how I feel listening to you speak. I just need to say that out loud because one of, <laughs> one you. thing that I, I don't ever withhold my appreciation. If I feel something, if you're in my heart, If I, as you were speaking, I was, I wasn't thinking about the response to your question. I was actually like, oh, I like her words right now. They feel so good for my nervous system. So I just wanted to say that out loud. We need to. I appreciate that. Yes. So I try to be really careful about the words that I use because I know that they matter Mm -hmm. and they make a difference. So, yeah, they made a difference for me just now. Well, this started, I would say as early as I can remember, four or five years old, my parents who did not have the communication skills to be able to communicate with one another. But I, as a child, could easily see that they were suffering in silence, that there were unspoken things that my mom wasn't saying, my father wasn't saying. So I would watch them fight all the time. I mean, they still have a pretty contentious marriage, even at 71 and 75 years old, you know, but it's, uh, I just always saw them like my earliest memory of like, helping other people say it out loud was in my own family, right? I could see my mother who didn't have the ability to just be vulnerable. She just was not a vulnerable person. You know, Uh, it was very rare. She would explode and my father would shut down and he wouldn't say anything. So I became the mouthpiece for my father. So I just kind of played that role from a young age, Danielle. Like I was able to see what I could see, but I could also like 
hear what was not being said, but that's just because as children, we are clear and we are pure and we feel everything. We're a lot more intuitive and wise than adults give us credit for. So I was able to just see that. And I, I could feel their unspoken frustration. And so for me as a child, I just wanted to be happy. Like, can we just go to the park and frolic in the flowers and take a walk and go get some ice cream? That was me as a child. I just was uh, just a ball of joy. So I was like, can y'all get it together? You know, that's what was my role as a child is like, can you guys just talk it out? Can you guys just say it out loud? And so that's that's where it started. I fundamentally believe to this day that if we just expressed ourselves emotionally, honestly, if we truly started to practice active listening, not, oh, let me listen to respond. Let me listen to defend. Let me listen to argue. And we were like, let me just hear what the other person is saying. Let me feel what they're saying. I do believe the world would be a better place. There would be less suffering. If we heard ourselves deeply, we have to hear ourselves deeply so that we can hear another person deeply. I do believe the world would be a better place and there would be less suffering. I love all of that. Yeah. This is just my little contribution to this planet. I just want people in my space, at least in my presence, you can say anything to me and my commit. I will never judge you. I'm not Mm -hmm. sitting there being like, you should do this. You should do that. Ooh, like, no, because I know the power of just letting somebody say it so they can release it and they can get back to the truth of who they are. Right. But we keep all this pain inside and we're just walking pain bodies. And I want people in my presence to release their pain. I don't want you to feel pain in my presence. And the way that I cultivate that is by, you can tell me anything. You can tell me anything. I love everything you just said, like every single thing. I want to pull a couple of things back because I think it's important to be said again, to make sure that people caught some of the little gems that were in there. I think the first thing is that I'm in awe and you are right as children, especially, you know, before we've been (laughs) infiltrated with lack and all the things Mm -hmm. we are clear, pure vessels of light. And so the, the fact that you could recognize that your parents were not saying it out loud and in so doing became a mouthpiece and became a, an instrument for clarity even amongst them is it's both a weight because a child shouldn't have to take on that weight, but it is also such a massively important gift. And so I just want to honor that because I think it is really important to recognize. And for those of you who have children that are, you know, between birth and the age of seven, especially, but between birth and the age of 10, be careful what you're doing around them and make sure you're not stifling their Mm self-expression because that's a catalyst to this world suffering less. As you said, Vasabi, you said, if we would express ourselves honestly and practice active listening, not listening to defend or to rebut, but instead listening to hear, there would be less suffering in the world. A men sister. Now I will admit <clears throat> I'm getting better at giving people the space to communicate without interjecting. The way that my brain works is I'm already onto the answer. And so I need to do better with active listening. So for myself and everyone like me, who's listening, what does it look like to active listen? And what's one or two tips that we could all begin to implement in our communication style so that we become active listeners? 
Wow. What is, what a good question, first of all. And thank you for just being transparent about what you're working on, because I think it's important that people listening realize we are not perfect. We are doing our own internal work. I don't have shit figured out. The reason why I'm really good at the self-talk and helping you is because I've suffered with a lot of negative self-talk and, and harsh criticism towards my own self. So here's what I want to say. Here's how we practice active listening. Number one, unassign yourself of playing the role of fixer and God. Okay, I'm going to need you to run that back already because that was so good and I need to be able to write it down. Okay, go ahead. Unassign yourself from playing the role of fixer and God. You are not God. Stop playing that role. You don't need to fix anything. So when we learn how to actively listen, like when I'm hearing somebody say something to me, I am literally, I drop into my body and I go, let me pay attention. Let me feel the vibration of their words. I'm just feeling their words. I'm not in my head. Oh, you should do this. You should do this. By the way, I've been that my whole life. It's also what makes me an excellent coach. But what makes me an even better coach, and I'm sure even with you, Danielle, is I don't listen to fix. I listen to feel. I want to mm. feel how you're feeling. I want to put myself in your shoes. And then I use curiosity to ask questions. Tell me more. Tell me more. How can I tell you what to do when you are walking your own walking your own path? I can offer advice with your permission. <laughs> I can offer advice. I can speak from my point of view, but I will never know what it's like to be in yourselves, to be in your body. And so I think the greatest gift, and I know this for myself, think of, I mean, think about the best listener in your life. Think about someone in your life, and hopefully you have someone. And if not, you can be this person for yourself. Think about the person in your life that you can go to. You can say anything you know, to them and they're not, you should do this, you should do that. Oh, don't feel this way. They just be. They're, mm -hmm. just like a, they're just like this vacuum that you can just say stuff to. And I believe when we are given that space to just process out loud how we're feeling and say that out loud, one thought out loud will help spark another thought. And mm -hmm. use, what happens is we end up coming to the solution on our own. But we don't need anyone to tell us. We just need to process because the truth exists in all of us. It exists mm -hmm. in all of us. Sometimes I'll just call up a girlfriend. And I'll say, listen, I just need you to listen. I need to process out loud, right? I need to process out loud. It could be a sales page. It could be an offer. It could mm -hmm. be just a conflict that I'm having. And just, I will get to the truth. I get to the truth. I get to the solution on my own. I don't need to be interjected by what you think I should do. I come to that on my own. But most people are in a rush to get to the solution. They're in a rush to fix it. And guess what? I get it because I was in a rush to fix it and solve it because I didn't have the capacity to be with my discomfort. And so if you, find, if you want to become an active listener, truly, you got to ask yourself, wow, where do I stop listening? And when do I go into fix it mode? Oh, it's when they start to feel discouraged. Oh, I don't like discouragement. I don't like when I feel people discouraged. So I got to go in and save them. Yeah, but that's probably where you try to go in and fix your own discouragement rather than getting the wisdom from your discouragement. Instead of trying to fix it, we can gain wisdom from those emotions and those experiences. But if we don't give that space and patience to ourselves, we're never going to be able to give that to anyone else. Girl, yeah. that was so good. I know. I know. I, I don't know where it came from. Practicing active listening. And I was, I dropped down into my body and I was feeling the words as you said it. Mm -hmm. And first of all, I need to do that way more because mm -hmm. I like the way it felt. The reverberation of your words yeah. on me was so good. <laughs> like I'm still tingling, like first and foremost. And 
some of the things that you said by being in a position to feel them and not listening even to ask you the next question, but to just be present in the moment as you were speaking, some of the words were extremely scintillating to my spine. Like for instance, when you said, I have learned how to listen to feel instead of listening to fix, I felt that like, and I wondered, I asked myself the question, Darnielle, what would it be like if you were listening to feel? And it feels like the ultimate sign of empathy is to present yourself in a way to be able to listen to a person, to feel what they are feeling in order to be able to support them, whatever the support might be. Because maybe sometimes the answer is that they are going to ask you to help them mm-hmm. fix it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they just want a warm body to bounce things off of that could also be equally as important. So I love that. And then the second thing that you said that I really enjoyed was, and we know this, right? When, when we are coaching, we have the coaching skill, that that modality in our work, using curiosity to give whomever you're speaking with permission to invite more of themselves into the conversation. Those are my words, not yours, but that's what I heard when you said that. I love that. And then this last thing you said, which I want to just, touch on it right before we take a break. And then when we come back from the break, I want to break it down a little bit further. You said, most of us don't have the capacity to be with our own discomfort. And that is why we actually show up to fix it for you because that takes the focus off of us. Again, my interpretation of what you said, not what you said. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to noodle on that a little bit more. I'd like to be able to help people to open up their capacity and to own their discomfort so that they stop projecting on other people. You guys will be right back. Do you have millions on your mind? Well, I would like to invite you to join us for Move to Millions Live. Our 2023 theme is sought after. This is the must attend event for million dollar CEOs and million dollar CEOs in the making. If you are ready to plan, prepare, and position your company for more, then you need to get your ticket today to movetomillionsevent.com. Welcome back to the Move to Millions podcast. I am here with the Vasavi Kumar. Listen, are you getting your whole life? Like, are you recognizing the significance of getting into your body and feeling the power of the words so that you remove yourself from this bubble of discomfort, which makes you project your discomfort on those you're communicating with and set you on a trajectory to actually not be supportive, to not hear them, and to not get what you potentially need to get from that interaction. Vasafi, that was so good just before the break. Let's noodle on that a little bit more because I agree with you. I think. When we listen to rebut or listen to defend, we feel attacked and the attack isn't even typically coming from the person who we're communicating with. It's our us attacking ourselves based on the words that we heard. What do we need to do to increase our capacity so that we don't project our discomfort on someone else? This is a great question. So I think this is something that we're not taught in our society. We're taught the complete opposite, but two words, and that is to slow down slow down. I was going to say slow down with ourselves, but that's four words, but you know, slow down with ourselves. So anytime you feel discouraged or what, you know, what, like pay attention to the thing that you want to fix right away, right? Pay attention to the thing that you want to bypass and you want to dismiss 
and you want to minimize and wrap up with the bow and say, it's fine. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. Oh, I shouldn't be mad about this. Right. Where are you being emotionally perfect? Emotional perfection, I talk about this in my book, is a term that was coined by Dr. Annie Hickox, and she basically said, it is our lack of tolerance to be with our own unpleasant feelings. Mm. Okay, so it's like, what emotions are okay with you? Oh, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to be jealous. I'm just making up stuff, right? Mm. It's okay to be catty. Oh, it's not okay to be proud of ourselves, though. It's not okay to be sad out loud. It's not okay to show people that we're disappointed. So where do you limit yourself? Look at what you don't allow yourself to let people see. You know, my biggest thing is that I never wanted people to see me weak, right? And Mm. I had a laundry list of things that my mind told me, do not exhibit this, 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 because this is weakness. Okay, which is I learned that as conditioning as a child, having a mom that's very ambitious. My mom was a six figure earner, pretty much since I remember as a doctor, and she Mm -hmm. ran the show. And she would say, I mean, she literally said this to me all the time. I don't have time to feel because if I had time to feel, I wouldn't be able to function. So I grew up with a mom who I feel so sorry for her. And I don't mean that in a pity way, but the woman did not get to slow down in her life. She Mm -hmm. was running her whole life. So I just, when it comes to being with our own discomfort, we have to slow down, but slowing down comes with his own set of issues, right? Well, I'm useless if I'm not doing anything. Well, if I'm not working and I'm not producing that I'm, I'm just as useless slob. No, we need to feel ourselves and go deeper and wider into who we are. So just notice, become acutely aware of what you cannot tolerate within yourself. That's it. That doesn't mean you sit and brood. I'm not telling you to sit in self-wallowing and self-pity, but just be aware of it. Like, ooh, when I feel disappointed, I don't like this feeling. So then where does my mind go? What is my mind telling me? Like, how, how am I trying to fix it? How am I trying to avoid it? Just start, just notice it. I talk about this in the book, just notice it. And instead you can be like, what am I feeling right now? What is uncomfortable for me right now? Where in my body do I feel this? You can put your hand on that part of your body. You can speak to that part of your body. For me, it's always my chest and my throat. When mm. I'm feeling some sort of way, I feel clogged. I feel choked up in my throat. And so I just have to ask myself, like, man, what am I not saying? What am I yeah. not? Yeah. And it's yeah. good that you do that, though, because that, you know, your throat chakra is your, your communication, right? And okay. self-awareness of your need to be felt, heard, seen, all of that. So just even noticing that that's where the clog happens, right? Like for me, it's always my lower back, which is about support, Mm. right? So whether it's financial support, emotional support, spiritual support, whenever I start to feel pain there, I'm like, "Mm, I'm not, where am I not being supported? And then the question is, am I supporting myself? Mm -hmm. And am I expecting someone else to be support for me? Because we have to be it for ourselves first, because that's how we teach other people to be it for us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think is is so important that we are just th- that aware, like you said, go deep down into who we are. I don't think most of us, and I am going to make a generalization, and if I'm wrong and you're listening, tell me so by leaving a rating and review on the podcast, but I don't think most of us give ourselves enough time mm-hmm. to fill into our body, to go deep. Like we're so transactional, and I don't necessarily mean for the monetary exchange, but we're so like, let me cross this off my list. I got this done. 
and not, I was present. I was there. Like I used to with, even with my husband and you talked about this earlier, I would, he would say, Hey babe, can, can we talk? I want to run something by you. I would immediately go into fixer mode, Mm. but I would notice that he was shut down and he would stop sharing with me. And so I learned to start saying like, let him get it out. And then I would say, how do you need me to show up for you right now? Do you want your wife to be here? Do you want a coach to be here? Like who you want your girlfriend to be here? You know, cause she's more playful than his <laughs> wife. Like who do you want to be here right now? I love that. And when I do that, I give him permission to tell me who he wants me to be. And then I notice that his countenance changes mm. and his expression changes because I've given him permission to be who he wants to be. And I've taken on the identity he needs me to take on for him in that moment. This is what this is like 101 parts therapy. Okay. In my book, I talk about internal family systems. We all have the ability to channel different parts of us. Yeah. We can play because we can play the therapist. Okay. We're going to be more active listening. We're going to have heightened sense of empathy. We can be the friend, the person who just like wants to see the best for you. You know, they're like, hey, man, I'm going to love you no matter what. Right. That's a vibe. Girlfriend vibe is a lot more playful. Okay. They like what you know. It's a d- wife maybe has a different vibe, you know, mm-hmm. and oh, she know, totally co- does. Yeah. <laughs> coach has a different vibe. And I love that because you're taking the pressure off of yourself to be the fixer, to be the one, and you're putting it back in his court to let him be a sovereign being and realize what he needs. So you're not energetically dominating him. You know what I mean? Like, no, Mm -hmm. this is who I'm going to be because I know that this is who I need to be for you to fix it. No, but if you got out of fix it mode, then it's like, wait, Let's play with this. Who do you need me to be? It's so much more fun and it can be yeah. more playful. I mean, obviously when things are like deep and heavy, you know, we don't, we don't, we right. want to match that energy, but you know, I think that's a beautiful thing, permission you're giving yourself and to him. Yeah. I appreciate that. I think for me, what, what just came up as you were talking just now, cause I went back down to my body so I can listen to your words was being is the key to abundance. Yes. So sitting in that, like that, it just, I mean, it just all comes together. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's what I loved the most about as I'm reading in your book, there is this permission granted to figure out who you truly are and desire to be and to live into that. And the questions that you ask us to ask ourselves at the beginning of every chapter, and then you give us an affirmation at the end of that chapter, like seals everything that we went through in the chapter pertaining to that question. Brilliant. Like, I'm serious, y'all. Cannot wait for you to get a copy of this book. It's available wherever books are being sold right now. So you can get it everywhere. Do yourself a favor and go get Say It Out Loud. Like, seriously, I think that... It's a great book for you to read by yourself, maybe first. And then I think it would be a great book club with your spouse, or if you have a family with your your spouse and your kids, if your kids are old enough to be able to read and process, like if they're teenagers, oh my gosh, this is the perfect book for teenagers. I think about this would be a great book for athletes too, because this is really about the inner game. So I want to go back to something that you said real quick, just Mm -hmm. when you said, the question that I want all your listeners to ask, this is a question I ask myself. What did I need to feel safe as a child, to fully be self-expressed? I needed someone who really just reveled in my exuberance. I was a very exuberant child. I don't know if people, I mean, I mean, look at this, look, look at this girl right here. You know, if you, if there's a Beautiful. photo of me. I was not always, a, you know, 
people appreciated my joy until they got sick of it. You know, mm-hmm. it got to be too much because they, my parents didn't have the bandwidth. You know, my, my, my dad always appreciated my joy. It was harder for my mom. The question that I always ask is, who do I want to be? What did I need to feel fully safe in my total self-expression as a child? Mm-hmm. And who do I want to be? And I know who I want to be. I just want to be here. You can come to me, tell me anything. If you're happy, I'm going to be happy for you, right? Like, I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to match your energy, but if you're happy, I'm going to be happy that you're happy. I'm going to celebrate with you. If you're sad, that doesn't mean I'm going to get in the, I'm not going to join you in your darkness, right? I'm not going to yeah. join you in your darkness because I have worked my booty off to stay where I am, where I, how I feel vibrationally, but I won't try to fix your grief. I will not yeah. because that needs to come out of you. And so yeah. I'm just here. Just tell me I'm here. That's beautiful. That's who I want to be for others. That's who I am for myself. That's what I wanted as a child. Yeah, I think that that is really, really beautiful. I know we keep using this word, y'all, but it is the only word I can think of because you being fully expressed that way, it's just like the Marion Williamson poem, Our Deepest Fear, right? When you let your light shine, you unconsciously give others permission to do the same. As you are liberated from your fear, your presence automatically is going to liberate others. And so it is the, this is the personification of that piece of it. You get the benefit of staying in your state of being and vibrating at your highest level. And you open up the capacity for whomever you're engaging with to do the same. That is so beautiful. It goes, it takes me back to what you said earlier that if more of us would actively listen, then there would be less suffering because we're listening through that filter of what we want to get out. Like I remember when when Bernard and I first got married, I don't normally say my husband's name on here. Hey, babe. I, I, I had no idea what his name was. <laughs> yeah, his name is Bernard, right? So when we first got married, like we struggled massively because every time we communicated, we were both trying to figure out how to hold on to our identities while also becoming a couple. And I don't know if this happens when you get married at 20, because I got married at 42. Mm -hmm. But at 42, you're already a grown human, right? You're completely grown. You've been making decisions. You've been being whatever you've been being, you've been being it for 40 some years. And so I felt threatened, probably because we never explored inside of our relationship at that point, or let me make it about me. I never explored what I would need in order to feel safe and full expressed in my relationship with my now husband in order to create an environment to be completely edifying and supportive of him. And so our first couple of years of marriage, oh, I would not wish them on my worst enemy. They were terrible. Like often I was like, why am I doing this? I could do bad by myself. Why am I here? Right. And And what I just kept getting back from, from the spirit, my spirit was, you know, this is your person. You have to, you have to learn, you have to adopt, you have to be willing to surrender, right? Be willing to release because the only way to gain more is to be willing to give everything up. Mm -hmm. And as I began to do that work and we got support through therapy, we, you know, we did a couple of VIP days with marriage there, like we did all the things, right? But we eventually got to a place where we learned how to communicate and communicate extremely well. Mm. And what I believe happens now, Vasafi, although I wouldn't have had those words had we not been having this conversation and I not be reading your book right now, is that we're we're dropping into the space of who we are in our bodies and being for the other person, just being present, not expecting a specific response to come out of it. 
And that is what has made all of the difference. I want to add one last thing. It also takes a deep amount of trust in yourself that you have the answer. And you could say, you know, I fully trust that God has my back. I know that no matter what, I mean, I am always going to be provided for. I actually believe that. I'm not just saying it. I actually believe it now, you know? So if I believe that about myself, then that goes for the other person too. I don't need to play God. You're going to be okay. All I can do is just sit there and be there, right? And be there. So it does require, yes, the capacity to be with your own discomfort and listening to feel, not listening to fix. And it also requires a very, like, you need to believe in your own body that no matter what, you're going to be okay. Because if you believe that about yourself, and and by the way, okay looks different for everyone. That Mm -hmm. person that you're trying to fix and, and solve their problems, sometimes they do need to hit rock bottom. Sometimes they do. And you could be denying them of that experience. My mother, the best thing that my mother did for me when I went to rehab twice and I got out the second time, she said, you know, I, I, I now live in the house that she bought for me because that was her gift to me. She goes, listen, you've had, you've had it rough. You know, you don't have any kids that I have to raise. Let me get you this house. My mother bought me this house. It is a gift. Mm -hmm. And I received that from my mother. The best thing my mother did when I was getting sober the second time, she goes, I'm here, but I'm not going to meddle. Mm-hmm. So like my mom lives on the East coast. I live in Austin, Texas. And my mom was just there like her presence. I could always feel her. She was there. We would talk. I would check in. She didn't micromanage me. She just said, okay, I'm here. It was very much. A, I'm here. I knew mm-hmm. I could go to my mom with anything. She was there, but I was healing on my own. I healed alone. I don't mean that I don't have community. I have plenty of community, but you know, I was living alone. It's just me and my dog. I didn't have a partner. I didn't have any drugs. I didn't have anything. I didn't have any of the things that, and my, but my mother was just like, in a way, she was just kind of like God, you know, my mom was just like, I'm here when you need me, but I'm not going to meddle. You just do the right thing. But I could always feel my mother's presence. Mm -hmm. And in a way it was like, somebody was always watching, but then eventually I learned to watch myself. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I saw myself through my mother's eyes, but now I see myself through my eyes. Does that make sense? That makes complete. Yeah. Complete, complete. Because I've never said those words before out loud. So I didn't know if that I, I'm a little clumsy in my delivery right now. Yeah, but. no, no, that was perfect. I got exactly what it is that you were saying. We're going to take another quick break and then we'll be back to continue our conversation with Vasavi Kumar. While we're on break, go grab that book. Say it out loud book. Go right now. You can go to say it out loud or you can go to anywhere you get books, but grab the book while we take this quick break. Have you ever questioned how some entrepreneurs scale quickly from six to seven figures or more and why you're not experiencing the same? It's because they understand the life-changing formula, the mindset, alignment, and methodology that is needed to grow, scale, and profit massively. It's about having access to the right framework that works specifically for you and your business. And it's not about hustling and grinding. It's about taking consistent action on the right strategies with the right success to fast track your growth while you save time and money. Spend three days with me at Move to Millions Live 2023 happening May 24th through the 26th in the Washington DC area. Our 2023 theme is sought after. When you spend these three days with me, you'll learn proven strategies step-by-step so that you're ready to make move and leave millions. Grab your ticket today at movetomillionsevent.com. Well, 
Welcome back to the Move to Millions podcast. I am here with my guest today, Vasavi Kumar, who has written a brand new book, Say It Out Loud, that is going to shift the trajectory of who you be on your own journey to making, moving, and living millions. Vasavi, I am so glad that you are here. This conversation has been amazing and illuminating for me as I've been actively listening and that's an amazing skill. Like, can I just say that for a second? Like, I don't know that I ever slow down enough and I should do it more to really do what I've been doing during this interview. And I love the way it feels. It's just beautiful. Well, it, it depends on who's talking, right? Because you could this be is around. probably true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I will say to everyone, this is how you can sharpen your discernment is pay mm-hmm. attention to how you feel when the person you're speaking to is speaking. Now, I, I do want to say this. This doesn't mean that you cut people off just because you don't like the vibration of their words, because sometimes like Lisa Nichols, who's a mentor of mine, and you have also worked with her yourself, right? I have not worked with her personally. I've attended one of our events. Okay, that's right. Well, I I work Mm -hmm. with Lisa intimately. And one of the things she said is some of the best messages are some of the best gifts. Some of the best messages are wrapped in sandpaper. So Mm. my mother, I always attribute a lot to my mother. You know, she's the harshest woman I know, but she's the most honest person that I know. And she's kept me honest in my life. She keeps me, Mm -hmm. she keeps me grounded. Let me say that. I don't always like the vibration of my mother's words. They're harsh. They feel cutting. They give me a little anxiety sometimes, Mm -hmm. but there is truth in what she's saying. And yes, in my book, I talk about It's not just what you say, it's how you say it. And she didn't learn how to say it, but Mm -hmm. what she said always came from the purest of intentions. And I know that now. So I just want to say that don't disregard someone just because you don't like how it sounds, because the Mm -hmm. message of their gift could really save your life. Girl, that is so good. And that just, that just took me on another little little thought back to my marriage again. Yeah, that's all good. Yeah. (laughs) My husband used to always say, when he would say something that I didn't like and it would rub me the wrong way, he'd be like, but, I, but I'm your husband. Like, I'll never say anything to you where I intend to make you feel the way that you feel. And what you just said is like, huh, that makes so much sense. I have to, when I get home later, I'm going to have to tell him, babe, <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> Even though we haven't had this problem because we've been doing work on yeah. communication, but like there, I mean, there was a distinct period of time in those first couple of years where he would say something and I, and, and what I feel like I'm hearing even my spirits say now is that he was being a mirror, right? He was only reflecting back to me in words what I was giving to him mm-hmm. and I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but th- this awareness, again, go back and tell him this will increase like your connection even more. Your communication, your delivery will be even more sensitive to one another. That doesn't mean you're walking on eggshells, but it's like, Imagine if you knew how to speak to the person that you're with because you feel them so deeply that you you use your words and the tone to to cater to them. That doesn't mean that you change who you are, but that's how sensitive that we can be to others. Like I know how to shift my tone depending on who I'm speaking to. The way I speak to my nine year old niece is obviously going to be different than how I speak to my 30 year old uh, cousin. Right. But at the end of the day, don't we all want to be spoken to with kindness and softness and respect? And just people want to feel respected, right? And I, I always lead with, I respect you first and foremost. You may not like how I say it, but I, I always just want people to feel the respect and love. And so that has also helped me, Darnell, because I can be quite harsh in my delivery. You know, the mm-hmm. apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I am my mother's daughter, but it's also helped me be softer with myself, right? My book has 
And the stuff that I talk about in my book is I am, it is nice in my head. Mm -hmm. It's pleasant in my mind. I don't, my brain doesn't attack me anymore like it used to, you know? So if we're kinder with ourselves, we'll be kinder in our delivery and we can actually help people, you know, because our ultimate goal is to help. Right. But um, we can do that when we're kinder with ourselves and our delivery is a little easier on the ears. You know? Yeah, I think you're right. Like it starts with us, yes. right? And so the some of the things that you have in your book that I think are going to be really, really helpful for people are those little action steps that they can take, right? You know, just before you give the affirmation, mm-hmm. how to break down and process what you just talked about in that chapter so that they can begin to take those incremental steps to get to that point where they can really, really show up fully for themselves first and foremost, and then be able to say it out loud and to say it in a way that it doesn't, it eventually, it probably won't be that way at the start, but it eventually doesn't cause an eruption in the other people either because you're being kind to yourself. You're talking to yourself, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like true empathy is this, if you can. Okay. So it's all, it's about putting yourself in the other person's shoes, but you are the other person too. Mm -hmm. So if you can put yourself in your own shoes and have empathy for you, and talk to yourself in a way that helps you move through that resistance, move through those obstacles, have a little bit more grace and forgiveness with yourself. If you do it with yourself, then when you are confronted with somebody else who's going through something similar, you can approach it with tenderness. You can approach it with curiosity because you've done it with yourself. That's good. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. That's really, really good. Yeah. I talked about this a little bit earlier. One of the things I like about the book is that at the beginning of each chapter, you give us a question that you want us to answer out loud. So I thought it would be fun if you answered some of your own questions. Yes, please. I mean, my love language is ask me questions. Okay, yes. awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So we're going to start with chapter four, Okay. which is transform your story out loud. And your question that we need to answer out loud is, what are some situations that you find yourself stuck in over and over again? Okay, I love this question. It's the narrative that I have in my head is there's nobody out there that can be with me in my fullness, in my, in my full expression. I'm talking about romantically. I do mm-hmm. have that story. I, I'm aware that I have the story. I don't keep speaking it, but that yeah. is the situation in my life. The, the pattern in my life has been one relationship after another, and it's always been someone that I can control and someone that I can fix, and it's not reciprocal in nature. That's a situation that I've been stuck in over and over again. I'm not in it anymore, Mm -hmm. but I can see how those past experiences, I'm very discerning now. I'm very discerning, Mm -hmm. but that has definitely been a story like, oh, you can't handle me. That's, that's always my thing when it comes to men, when it comes to, oh, you can't handle me. And so, yeah, I mean, I am single, very consciously single and happy. I'm very content with myself. Like my solitude Mm -hmm. is sacred, but that is definitely a slight little whisper still in mm-hmm. my mind, like, oh, they can't handle me. And so I'm just doing me right now. But yeah. I want to be able to do me and also know, like, God's got me. There's somebody mm-hmm. out there who can handle me. I also want to shift the languaging. I want to be somebody that thinks needs to be handled. So I would mm-hmm. like to shift the languaging around that. I'm not someone to be handled, you know? So I, I would like to yeah. work on that. So we're not going to say that anymore. Absolutely. I love that. It. There is someone out there who is going to rejoice in the fullness of my expression, mm-hmm. like literally rejoice. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I used to have the same story before I met my husband. I mean, you're a powerful woman. I can understand why you why you might think that about yourself. Yeah, and people would tell me like when I was out on the road speaking, I was almost 
always the only woman to a whole bunch of men. I'd come down off stage, we'd be back and they'd be like, oh, you're going to struggle to find a man. Like they'd always ask, are you married? I'm like, no. Yeah, you're probably going to struggle because no man wants to deal with that. Deal with. The same way you just felt about handle, right? So yeah, I totally get that. I I love you. I think you're amazing. Like any man would so like, I mean, like you can hold shit down. Like you are a grounded, powerful woman. And you're also, there's also a softness to you. And so we need, yeah, we need to allow people when we feel safe, we allow people to feel our softness. Not everyone gets to feel my softness. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right. Chapter six. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Ask your intuition out loud. What causes you to doubt your gut feelings? Oh God. Uh, What does it? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's definitely when I, someone questions me. I don't like being questioned when I'm firm on something and I'm coming Mm -hmm. to you with it. I don't poke holes. I hate when people poke holes. It reminds me of King Richard with, you know, Serena and Venus Williams' father, Will Smith played the dad and the white man who was interviewing Venus, I believe he was just kept trying to poke holes in her confidence. She was Mm -hmm. confident. She knew it. And he just was like, why are you sure? Are you sure? And it's like, no, when I say I'm sure, I'm sure. And I know that. But when I am met with somebody's doubt, I don't like doubt. Don't put your doubt energy on me. I'm clear. You're doubtful because you don't have the courage to do it. Don't don't put that doughty energy on me. But that has typically what has been that has been what has doubted my intuition is other people's doubt. But mm. now I'm like, no, I'm firm. I'm clear that that's your shit. Excuse me. That that's your stuff. I know we don't curse on this podcast, right? Yeah, yeah we don't curse. I mean, you've cursed a couple of times and yeah. it's all good. We do. We do every once in a while. We say shit. So it's OK. All, all right. Shit. So, yeah, that, that that is what has caused me to doubt my intuition. Other people. Got it. But I love but just, that. Okay. But just like other people's opinion, it belongs over there. It's not Absolutely. mine. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Okay, chapter eight. Own your flaws out loud. What parts of yourself do you judge the most? Oh, <laughs> I judge the part of me that is chronically dissatisfied. I am someone who is chronically dissatisfied. I think anything could be better. I could be better. Everything could be better. I love this part about me, but I also judge it because, you know, there's always more. There's always better. But that's something that I've that I've judged about myself that I'm like chronically dissatisfied. To be honest, I love that about me. I really Mm do. I really I love it because it is it has been my fuel to make myself and the world a better place. I love that. Oh, that's so good. Okay, last one. Chapter 10. Choose yourself out loud. Do you feel selfish when you do things just for philosophy? Not in all areas, but in my career, I am laser focused in my career now. Obviously, with the with the launch coming, with the with the book coming out, I have felt guilty a little bit. I've been like, people, I mean, my texts are piling up, my DMs are piling up. I'm a one-woman show on purpose. I intentionally chose to run the show during this time. That was a, a choice that I made. Mm-hmm. But I definitely feel like there are voice notes that I need to write back. And I I just Yes, I, I sometimes do feel very selfish, but this is this is my time. I'm just getting started. I, I feel like at 40, I have done the internal work to really take off. I did not live an outside in life. My life has forced me to have to do the work on the inside. And so now I'm like, my career is first if I don't respond to you, but mm-hmm. I feel bad. I do. Yeah. I do feel bad because my, my thing is I never want people to feel abandoned. That's my thing. So I have been feeling just a little bit selfish, but the people who know me, the people who respect me, the people who are up to doing their things in their life, they get it. And so that's that. Yeah, 
I love, I love all of that. I love you. I love this book. I love how this book is going to shake the planet. I love how others are going to get to know themselves fully and deeply as a result of going through the chapters, asking themselves the questions out loud, doing the many introspectives at the end and reciting those affirmations, speaking life over themselves to shift those areas of their self. I am excited that this book is coming out. So I'm just so glad that you were able to stop by and we were able to have this powerful conversation. Before I let you go, I always like to ask my three closing questions just to kind of ground our time together. Because in this instance, we didn't talk about business at all, which I kind of love that. And you can't grow your business unless you work on yourself. I always say you can't have a booming business when you have a busted life. Getting Say It Out Loud is going to help you to get some of the bust out of your life so that you can get some boom in your business. Okay. So before I let you go, and I don't know about you, but when I was writing my book, I didn't read anything else. Are you back to reading other books right now? Or are you still in the bubble of Say It Out Loud? No, I'm I'm not reading anything unless I want to, or it's a recipe because I love recipes. Okay. Uh, you know, ironically enough, I'm the queen of saying it out loud, but I really like to shut the heck up. I love, <laughs> I love not talking. Please don't come to me and tell me all your life story because people think because I'm, I wrote a book called say it out loud that that means you say it out loud to me. Please don't do that. No, but I do not. I'm not reading anything. I'm, I'm enjoying, I'm cooking. I'm out in nature. I'm hanging out. I'm going to a pottery class this weekend. Like, you know, nice. just, yeah, that's that. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. What is one quote that for this season of your life, after having finished in the book, it could be your own quote. It could be someone else's quote, but a quote that really helps you to stay grounded as you continue to, to level up your own business. And I, I agree with you, you know, getting to 40, I feel like we kind of meander in the wilderness for our first 40 years. And then we come into the promised land. Once we understand who we are, if we've done our work. So is there a quote right now that's resonating deeply with you? That's guiding you as you continue on this journey? Yes. So two things I say to myself, it's funny. It's like, Okay, let me just say it. I tell myself, you were built for this. I got you. Mm. Yeah, you. that's like God speaking to me. You were built for this. I got you. You were built for this. I got you. You can handle it. There's not going to be anything that's going to, you're not going to get unrooted, unanchored. Like I feel so solid. And so mm-hmm. I'm riding. I feel really, I feel really rooted. Like, okay, say whatever you want about me. I can handle it. All right, I can handle it. Like, it's like, because I'm not handling it. That's how I know I can handle it because it's not me handling it. I'm good. That's so good, Vasavi. Oh, I love that. And then last but certainly not least, is there a tool? And especially because as you're launching this book, you're a one woman show. Is there a tool that is making all the difference for you right now? Honestly, for my videos and stuff like that, I love the app captions. It still adds a little pizzazz, a little bold. I mean, what else am I using? I mean, I love Voxer for my clients, Mm -hmm. you know, all the things I have my email marketing, but it's like, I'm keeping it simple. Everything is automated. I use scheduling links. Like it's just, I keep stuff really simple. Payment processors pay me in Zelle. You know, people have Mm -hmm. Zelle. I I keep it really simple and I'm doing great. Like I've made more money. I mean, if you want to talk about business, I've made more money in February than I did like in the past 90 days. So I was just like, shit, like, shoot, sorry, shoot. Yeah. So I've been doing great. I've been doing great. I've been, and I'm very, very clear on my priorities and where I want to put my energy. Yeah. yeah. I love all of that. I just want to, you know, in our last remaining minutes, anything else you want to share with 
the people in the Move to Millions community that are going to hear this conversation and go grab your book. Anything else you want to share? Yes. I wrote this on a sales page yesterday and it came out of me. And so I want to say it to everybody. This is just being based off my book. Say it out loud. I wrote the words you speak to yourself are directions for your body to follow. Mm. I want to say this because you do not think that what you're telling yourself has an impact, but like, just think about when you want to get out of bed or let's say you set your alarm and you're actually saying to yourself, I don't want to get out of bed. Does your body get out of bed? No, it's not until you say to yourself, come on, let's go. Come on, let's get out of bed. What you're telling yourself has such an impact on the direction that you take or don't take. The words that you tell yourself can actually change the trajectory of your life. It could save your life, the words that you tell yourself. And that's a whole different conversation, you know? It is. Yeah. It's one that's that's needed, right? The, The words that we speak really, really matter. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for making the time. I reached out to her, y'all, and was like, "Um, ma'am, we need to have us a little conversation. So thank you so much for availing yourself. I'm so excited for the book. I'm so proud of you and your own self-expression and just the vigor and confidence with which you be. I see you and I appreciate you and I love you. And I'm so glad that you took the time to stop by. Thank you for reaching out to me. This is literally one of the best conversations. You're one of the most phenomenal hosts. I, I, I feel so energized and usually I'm exhausted because hosts are, I mean, I'm sorry, y'all learn something from Danielle, how she just hosted the show. I mean, you brought your full self to the table. You were not trying to just ask me a bunch of questions. I just need to say this out loud. I am invigorated um, and I'm not tired. That's how I know this was a great conversation. I, I mean, there was a lot of reciprocity in this. And so in this conversation, so like, thank you. Like this was an excellent conversation. You're an amazing host and your people are really lucky to know you and, and uh, learn from you. So thanks. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. All right, guys, we will see you next time. Take care. Did you enjoy Vasavi as much as I did? Was that not the most remarkable conversation you have heard me lead in a while? I feel so excited and exuberant and energized. I could probably run a marathon right now. That is how I'm feeling. That is the benefit, as we talked about in the episode, of coming down into your body and being an active listener. That is one thing I want you to practice is active listening, showing up fully for whomever you are engaging in conversation with, to hear them, to listen to them, to feel, not to listen to them, to fix. That was probably my biggest takeaway. Y'all heard me share some of the things that I got and that I recognize in my own marital relationship through the concepts that we explored in Vasavi's new book. I really enjoyed also asking her some of the questions that she asked us to ask ourselves out loud when we read her book. She said, if we express ourselves honestly and practice active listening, the world would be less suffering. And I promise you, I could not agree more. This conversation was food for my soul. I got everything that I needed and so much more. I love when she shared that the first thing you have to do if you want to become an active listener is to unassign yourself to the role of fixer and God because you're not God, right? Feel the vibration of the person you're communicating with words. And then she said, use curiosity to learn more because the truth exists in all of us. And if we open up our capacity to be uncomfortable, then we really can be present for those that we are called to serve or communicate with in that particular moment. 
This conversation was amazing. I'm so glad that you have a front row seat to what it is like to talk to greatness. I had so much fun. I can't wait for you to get a copy of her book. And if this conversation has blessed your soul, your spirit in any way, would you please do me a favor and take the few seconds that it takes on whatever platform you are listening and rate and review this podcast. Your rating and review helps us to deepen our impact around the world. It lets more people know about us and what we are doing to shift generational trajectories and to transfer wealth through entrepreneurship. You know what I say, right? You are made for millions and there is a millionaire in you. I'll see you guys next time. Take care. Thank you for joining me for the Move to Millions podcast. The way I see it, you deserve a business that generates millions. We'd love to have you join us in May at Move to Millions Live to help you prepare, plan, and position your company for the million dollar mark. Visit Move to Millions event now to grab your seat. If you enjoyed our time together, do yourself a favor, head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Until next time, remember, millions are your birthright and to access them, you need only move. See you next time. Take care.